What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Styles Files. As always, I am your host, your boy, Alan Styles. If this is your first time listening, shout out to you. Thank you for joining, and I hope you enjoy it. If you've been listening, shout out to all the day ones. Um, packed show today. You know, I was so busy talking about my new cat, Shasta. Shout out to you, Shasta. Hope you're having fun at the apartment right now and going to the national championship hanging out with some Clemson fans and Alabama fans. I completely forgot to talk about the NFL playoffs, but we're going to write that ship today. We're going to talk about the NFL playoffs and who is still in it, who I think is going to win. Uh, Cam Newton's comments on Lamar Jackson that have some people upset, but then again, when are people not upset with Cam Newton or something he says or doesn't say? Uh, we have my buddy stopping by. Eli Anaya, who is a local promoter who also works at TuneIn. So, you know, he's out here hustling, doing two things. We're going to talk music for a good while with him. Talk about my trip to the San Jose Barracudas game uh, that I went to this Sunday, which was a, or last Sunday, which was a great time. And lastly, you know, I got to get something off my chest. There's been some rainy weather here. And I've, oh, I've told a lot of people this, umbrellas, man, they're overrated. And I'm going to tell you why. So let's get right into it. NFL playoffs. I mean, the NFL playoffs are here. And when you look back at what the matchups could have been, this is pretty close to, you know, what I think everybody would like to see. Yeah, sure, a lot of people hate the Patriots, myself included. But having them there just kind of makes everything whole sometimes, right? Now, they can lose now, right? I don't want to see them in the Super Bowl again, but... You know, having Tom Brady in the playoffs and how it kind of played out with him going against the young stud Patrick Mahomes, I think that's just dope. I think it's good for football, and I think it's going to be a really good game. You know, both teams that know how to play in the cold weather, uh, kind of the up-and-comers. And you know what? I'm a big Andy Reid guy. Ever since he was with the Eagles, I think the guy deserves a ring. So I'm really excited for that game. On the other end, uh, with the NFC, we have... Saints and Rams. And again, you got the hot young coach, Sean McVay, that everybody is so high on right now. And I get why they're high on him. I just think he should at least win a Super Bowl before we crown him, you know, before people start trying to replicate what he's done. You know, he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet, but it's too late. Everybody's looking for, you know, uh, the young hot stud. You know, that's what the Cardinals got. Uh, with their Ryan Gosling lookalike, and that's what everybody's trying to do. So we'll see how it works out. And then on the other end, you got uh, another coach-quarterback combo that have been doing it forever, Drew Brees and Sean Payton. And they're playing in New Orleans, which is one of the toughest places to play just because of the atmosphere. At least there's no weather, right? There's no weather issues there. So it's probably going to be a shootout. Um, very excited for both games. I know that Vegas has the Chiefs favored, um, of course, as they should based on records and you know, really how the teams have looked all year, but it's Tom Brady, man. It's Tom Brady. You know, I just don't really know. I get scared when I think Tom Brady isn't going to win because I feel like that's when he's the most dangerous. You know, um, he said some stuff after the game where he's like, you know, nobody thinks we can win and stuff like that. And it's kind of like the stuff that Michael Jordan did and what LeBron does. You know, does anyone really think they're not going to win? Okay, not when LeBron's playing the Warriors, but in most games, right? When they use any excuse they have for bulletin board material so that they can be the underdogs, that's when champions are the scariest. Now, obviously, they were runner-ups last year. They lost to the Eagles. Um, but, you know, this is scary, man. This is scary, you know, having the Patriots, not that they're ever 
not on their game, but the fact that they think that they're underdogs and according to Vegas, they are. We're going to see. We're going to see. You know, they have the experience, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. You know, they're kind of the new young bucks. And my thing is this. When you talk about the Chiefs, when everyone talks about the Chiefs, they talk about all the weapons, right? And what do they say when they talk about the weapons? They talk about Travis Kelsey, who's the best tight end in the league, and I think he's been that. People are just now crowning him that over Gronk. I think he's been that for a while. And then you have Tyreek Hill, who it might be the fastest human to ever play football. That's all they talk about. Kareem Hunt's done. You know, uh, I think, I believe his name, his last name is Williams, the running back that they used Last week, who did a really good job, but he is not as good as Kareem Hunt. And really, that's it whenever people talk about these weapons. And you know the Patriots know how to take away your you know, your best weapons. Now, do they have anyone that can stick with Tyreek Hill? I don't know. I don't think anyone in the NFL does. But they, do, they will do their best to limit them. I was playing FanDuel this weekend, and I wanted to find you know, the number two wide receiver for the Chiefs. And I don't. I couldn't even. I couldn't even find him. I think it was like. I think I bought Conley or something was super cheap, and he had. I think one pass thrown to him that he did not catch. So if the Patriots are are able to limit the damage from Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, it might be close because I think the story of last week when the Chiefs played the Colts was their defense. But now you're playing the Patriots, you know, and they're rolling right now. So I think that game is going to be really close, of course. And I honestly, I really hope it's the Chiefs. But it's honestly going to be a toss-up. Then when you look at Rams-Saints, you know, kind of similar. You know, the Rams turned into the Cowboys basically last week and ran all over the Cowboys. Uh, You know, they have a wide receiver core where they don't really have a number one. They just have a bunch of good, you know, they have like three good receivers, you know. And they have a good quarterback, but, you know, Jared Goff is nowhere on the level of Drew Brees. So... I think that it'll be interesting to see what type of game plan. I think they got really lucky against the Cowboys in that, you know, Ram or the Saints are going to look at film. They can't even really look at the film from last week. I mean, they can, but that's not really how the Rams have necessarily played. I mean, sure, they're ground and pound with Todd Gurley, but I mean, it was real ground and pound, you know, so the Saints are going to have to, you know, see what the Rams are going to try to do to start. And on the flip side, the complete opposite the Saints do have a clear-cut Michael or <laughs> clear-cut wide receiver in Michael Thomas, who is a stud, you know, without a doubt. You know, and then they have their two-headed monster who's who's been a little quieter this year, Alvin Kamara and um Mark Ingram. So it'll be interesting to see those teams clash again. It's inside. So I think it's going to be fireworks for sure. And that game is just going to be, uh, I hope, is a good old-fashioned shootout. We'll see how Jared Goff does with his arm. So it'll be really interesting. And I'm very excited for those two games this weekend. You can find me, you know, I would say I'd watch them at a bar, but I'm trying to save some money, so I'll probably just watch them at the house with Shasta. <laughs> um, and I'll be talking about it on Twitter. Next, staying with the NFL, wanted to get into Cam Newton's comments on Lamar Jackson. This had some people kind of upset, and I'm going to read the quote that, it, obviously there's more pieces to the quote, but I'm going to read the quote that Bleacher Report posted because that's, what people saw, and that's what people reacted to. So basically, Cam Newton said this, quote, I just know being an African-American quarterback in this league, you're facing different things than other quarterbacks might be facing, and a lot of it is your gift may be your curse. 
Your running ability may be something that people look down upon, close quote. So basically, what Cam is saying is you get looked at differently when you're an African-American quarterback. Where's that gift that says no lies detected? You know, where is that? Because that's what I wanted to insert on Instagram. Unfortunately, I couldn't, you know, and I didn't get to it on Twitter early enough to comment because the most liked comments when Bleacher Report posted this quote was, why does everything have to be about race? Why does everything have to be about race? Everything doesn't have to be about race. But in this particular situation, it does. Are you going to try to sit here and tell me right now that when you see a black quarterback, you don't think that they can run? And you don't think that's their first strength? Because I'll tell you what, I'll be honest right now. I do. That's, that's how we're all conditioned, you know? The last time I feel like I didn't think about that was basically, I think, when I was younger. And I, you know, I really didn't watch too much football back then. It's funny. When I was younger, I played a lot more Madden and watched less football. Now I barely play video games, but I watch all the games. And the reason I say that is because there are three black quarterbacks that stick out in my mind that, you know, not to say that they were slow, but they definitely weren't this idea of, you know, running quarterbacks. In my mind, someone can c- correct me if I'm wrong, at the Styles Files, the underscore Styles Files, Styles with an I, is Steve McNair, RIP, Dante Culpepper, and Cordell Stewart. Those guys, I'd be playing quarterback with them hit the R2 button, and it's like they were running in sand, you know? It was no Donovan McNabb or Michael Vick running ability. They were throwers. You know, they were straight-up throwers uh, as far as I was concerned. So this idea is actually newer, I think. I think that there's always been issues with, you know, just that position being a white position and just the thought process like, oh, leader, all these kind of terms that people use to not have a prejudice, but they really do. You know, those type of uh, alarming words. But I think the idea kind of started when, you know, the option got really hot and like the wildcat and stuff like that. And once it got really hot in college, that's what college coaches were looking for. Guys that can run and then you fake it and you just huck it down the field, right? That was what was hot. And then RG3 did it. Colin Kaepernick obviously did it. And then the NFL caught up. So you have a bunch of quarterbacks now that it still works. A lot of colleges still run it. But now, as you can see with what happened with Clemson, how they went to their uh, young stud, Trevor Lawrence, who, sure, he he's not slow, but the guy can just throw everywhere. So now, knowing this is a copycat league, this is what's going to happen now. And I think things are going to change back. You know, if I were to look at, and I should have, if I were to look at the percentage of black quarterbacks in college um, from, like, I don't know, 2005 to now, I'm sure that percentage has gone down with, you know, the uh, with the fact that the option has gone down as well. So now you have a guy like Lamar Jackson who nobody ever really questions his, questioned his arm that much in college because people are more open. So he gets to the NFL. You know, they've been talking about him becoming a wide receiver, things like that. And then he gets put in the offense and does well in the offense, loses a playoff game. Uh, you know, as a rookie still, right, people don't think he can throw anymore. People never really thought he could throw. Now they really don't think he can throw. The guy hasn't even played a full season, you know. 
People already have all these questions about him. And this is what Cam is talking about. It's not that he wants to bring in race. It's that it's a fact, right? The last person that I remember that wasn't black to get written off as quickly was Johnny Manziel. And Johnny Manziel, same thing, right? Smaller. And he was not as fast as Lamar Jackson, so he couldn't use his legs as much, you know? But the idea that, you know, why does everything have to be about race? It doesn't. But sometimes... It is about race, and there's nothing wrong with that. So to everybody out there, if there's anybody out there that liked that post or those couple posts that the comments that people left, or if you feel the same way, if you feel that Cam is inserting race, take a look in the mirror and really think about it because in all honesty, everything doesn't have to be about race, but sometimes it just is about race, and there's nothing wrong with that. We are We should be advanced enough to have healthy conversations about these things and recognize it. I'm black and I'm telling you when I see a black quarterback, I assume they can run, you know, cause that's just how it's been. And so I would be really surprised if you feel differently. So I had to kind of talk about that and even to make it personal, you know, I really hope that Lamar can come from this because a wise man once told me the hardest thing to do when it comes to sports or anything of that matter is to change people's minds when they already have an idea about you. You know, a quick story. I talk a lot about how I played baseball at Temple, but it wasn't all ponies and unicorns. I went to a junior college before I went to Temple. And I, and by the time I got my scholarship to Temple, I thought I was the man. I show up, I haven't been, you know, I was in the junior college, there wasn't house parties, things like that. I get to Temple, I'm ready to party, man. I party the night before, not to say this is why what happened happened, but I party the night before a scrimmage. We get to the scrimmage, I'm feeling myself, batting second, playing left field. Pop-up comes to me, first inning, you know, sky high. I don't know what happened, man. I missed it. It just popped right out of my glove. You know what happened to me the rest of the time I was at Temple? You know what the idea was about me? Guy can't play defense. Defensive liability, got to put him in left field, if that. Got to DH him. Before that, nobody had ever questioned my defense. Was I ever Mike Trout? No. Absolutely not. I wouldn't be here talking to you if I was Mike Trout, but I was never seen as a liability. One thing, they had never seen me play before. One game, one play. Next thing you know, I'm having to do extra practices with coaches to practice on my defense. Never had to do it before, you know, because they had an idea about me. So I had to do my best to change it. And you know what? By the time I left, I don't think I did. That's how hard it is. So I really hope that Lamar has a strong circle to be able to break out of it. We'll see. So switching gears here a little bit, you know, that was a little more serious than I typically go, but uh, I felt it was necessary. And, you know, I think that having a podcast like this where I talk about everything that's on my mind, uh, I have to do just that. And I don't think I don't think I'm doing a disservice to my listeners if everything is just, you know, jokes and funny all the time, even though I am hilarious. Don't get me wrong. Okay, everybody, as promised, we are here with local music promoter, show promoter, Eli Anaya, who also works at TuneIn with myself. Eli is here. We're going to talk a little bit about um, what he's doing and some of the upcoming shows he has going on. We're going to talk about some of the challenges of working with artists, you know, up and coming artists, things like that. 
we're going to have a nice conversation about white rappers. And is it tougher for them to make it or is it easier? Nobody knows. We're going to kind of talk about the state of music right now. You know, sometimes you'll look at a music video and think to yourself, I honestly could probably rap better than that. And you're probably right. So we're going to talk about if that's a good or bad thing, the fact that it's so easy to, you know, get your music out there now. And we're going to talk about a little bit um, music festivals and when is the appropriate time to stop attending them or is there? Does it depend on the festival? All these good things. First of all, everybody give it up for Eli Anaya. Hey. Hey. What's up, Eli? So look, man. How's it going? Thank you for being on the show. You know, um, we've talked a lot about it at lunch when we're kind of just BSing about music and things like that. But, you know, in all seriousness, definitely respect your opinion on music, you know, especially for someone as young as you. Are you, you know, uh, 21? Okay, yeah, 24. (laughs) It's all until you're 26. It's all the same. Yeah. 18. So you're legal. You can be here. Awesome. Um, We can pay you. You can serve alcohol. Great. Um, So talk to us a little bit about you know, what you've done in the past with uh, with your show that you've had going on and how you plan to move forward. I know you've had some kind of successes and struggles with just San Francisco being San Francisco and, you know, shutting stuff down and all the crazy stuff. But you do have some things still popping. Why don't you talk a little bit about what you were working on and what's coming up? Yeah, I, uh, so I'm a local promoter here. I was working on a monthly series every first Thursday at Elbow Room. It's called Throwing Bows. And I went. It's a great show. So cheap lit, drinks. Man. I mean, we were hammered. Continue. Yeah, it was it was fun. And um, unfortunately, Elbow Room is closed down now. Uh, so with it went my monthly series. So now I'm just kind of, I'm putting shows on still, but a little more sporadically and trying to do a little more intention with each one. So really just kind of looking for the right act to book. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, quality over quantity. Quality you know? over quantity. That's the, that's the big thing here. So what is the next show you have coming up? And we'll, we'll, don't worry if you miss it now. We'll repeat it at the end uh, of the segment. But why don't you talk a little bit about what you have coming down the pipeline for 2019? Yeah, it's this uh, next one I have is April 24th with Black Rabbit. They're a touring band from New York. They actually, you might have seen them. They had a viral video mm. last year, so they covered. They were covering the Beatles in the subway, and it got picked up by some Facebook page and got millions of views. So they that kind of blew them up, and I had them play the same venue last year. Um, but they have really great original music as well. It's nice. kind of psych rock, Tame Impala. Nice. So I would know. guess you know Black Rabbit, not any relation to Bad Bunny. Very separate. Great, great. That was my first dad joke. Trust me, after you turn 26, they just start pouring out of you, right. even if you don't want them to. Well, that's that sounds great, dude. I mean, look, I think the, the craziest thing is, you know, a, a lot of times on this show, I touch on music, but mostly it's about sports. And just like, just like music, everything, uh, whether you're doing a podcast or whether you're trying to just get into the industry, everything is so oversaturated. You know what I mean? But the way I kind of see it and the way I kind of approach everything is just no matter what you do, there's always going to be competition. You know, you shouldn't let that, um, you know, 
sway you from doing something that you want to do. I mean, you could leave right now and, you know, want to be just do a normal sales job. There's going to be a bunch of people in line to do that. So I think it's really important for everybody to just continue to do, you know, what you love and, and just kind of stick to it. And now that you've seen some success, um, that's dope, man. That's really dope. So when you talk about kind of your past shows and when you're working with artists and agents, I know you work with really the up and comers, but have you ever dealt with somebody that's just kind of, you know, a little too big for your britches and you just got to, you know, you just got to be like, whoa, you know, yeah, I reached out to you, but let's not act like you're a uh, Drizzy yeah. Drake here. <laughs> There's, um, for the most part, especially when working directly with artists, uh, especially like local artists, mm -hmm. smaller acts. They're super kind, and you just kind of go in sincere, and everything works out. But, um, yeah, there's been some artists where I've hit them up, and they have, like, you know, maybe a 1,000 Instagram followers, yeah. and it gets to their head already, and they're asking for all this money, and I'm like, all right, slow down. Yeah. There's, there's a small what, budget for this. What are those things show. What are those things called when, like, in the trailer, when, like, you hear about crazy stuff, like – um, that story that you were telling me about Little Pump, like how he wanted just like this oh, ridiculous yeah, yeah. stuff. He wanted, uh, this is what I heard from a friend who worked for like Double XL or something. Um, she interviewed Little Pump and he, he may like made her bring like 60 wings from Wingstop, but only wanted drumsticks. <laughs> and then he got them and just didn't need them. That's absurd. Yeah. That's absurd. I mean, I guess when you're a little pump, you can do it. Yeah. Um, He's uh, also, what, like 19? He's like 17. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, Wild. man. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, my whole thing is, like, I understand, right, that, you know, you can feel yourself pretty quickly in this game, especially when it's kind of taken a while. But I feel like just like anything else, things get put into perspective so quickly, you know, regardless of what you do. I feel like they might be saying that to you and then they're getting big league by somebody else to try to do a show too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of like that whole chain, but it sounds like for most, for the most part, you know, it's been a good experience. Me personally, whenever I think of like working with artists, I immediately just think of get them to the Greek. And I'm just like every artist <laughs> exactly that, yeah, like that. Yeah. Every Especially artist on the local level. Yes. Yeah. Every artist that you try to work with is, just like Russell Brand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just inebriated all the time, trying to put... Smoking Jeffries. Smoking Jeffries, trying to put... Like rubbing carpet walls, trying to put drugs in their booty hole to try to get, <laughs> you know, like on flights and stuff like that. So, you know, it's good that you cleared that up, you yeah. know, because I'm sure I'm not the only one. <laughs> okay. So the next thing I wanted to talk about, you know, one of the things we go back and forth about, and everybody knows, as I said on the show before, and they've seen my picture, I'm black. Like, everybody knows that. So, like I said, you know, that, that's kind of a given. So, you are not, right? You I'm, are... Uh, a Mexican-American man. Yes. I mean, I'm pretty much a white. You're white and Mexican, I'm a white right? Yeah. Okay. So, I feel like we have at least 50% right to kind of talk about white rappers um, and kind of how... I think either way we could talk okay, about Okay, cool. You know what I mean? Um... So everything's all good. So I kind of wanted to talk about w how you kind of felt as far as how white rappers are seen in the industry, right? Because I think you talk to some white rappers and 
you know, they talk about the struggles. People don't take them seriously, whatever the case may be. And then on the flip side, and we'll get into it, I think sometimes it's actually easier for them if they have a certain swag that is unique. It's easier for them because they're they're seen as different, right? Yeah. Uh, to put it in sports perspective, it's like when you see like a white running back. You know what I mean? Like you don't see that too often. You know, um, like Adam Thielen on the Vikings is a white wide receiver, and everyone's like, yo, this white boy's dope. You know what I mean? It's like surprising, right? It's like if he was black, he'd be a good receiver, but it's like people a wouldn't handicap be... that works to your advantage. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, but you know, at the same time, you get stuck in certain, you know, stuck in certain circles, which isn't even a bad thing at this point. Like when mm -hmm. we talk about like, I don't know, we call it what? Like college, like frat rap, right? Frat like rap. Yeah. Mike Stud, Hoodie Allen. Who else is Sammy there? Adams. Yeah, like Watsky, yeah. like 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 guys like that. I, I went to I tried to go to a Kyle concert a couple years back, and Watts and Watsky was the headliner. I had no clue who he was. He's and a, he's a San Francisco dude. I didn't even I know that. He's like around my age. I we go to the show, and it's always a thing. Like I always kind of question myself because I like Kyle, and the thing is, you see people like Kyle. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's Kyle. Um, and you see things like Kyle is probably I think twenty six. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm twenty eight. I'm going to a show, and then I don't even know how old Watsky is. He might be. I, I'm I'm assuming he's around the same age. Then you get there, and there's a bunch of fathers there, like with their kids. You know what I mean? Like it was in San Francisco. It was in San Francisco. Warfield. It was at the Warfield, and it's just like the only good thing is there's never lines at the bar. There's yeah. never lines at the bar, but I'm just yeah. like, should I even be here? You know what I mean? It's like me and like my two buddies, and we're all like, we're all like, I feel uncomfortable. You know what I mean? But like, with that being said, the streaming numbers don't lie. Mm -hmm. And kind of back to what we were talking about as far as being accepted, I feel like because of streaming and because of these new pockets to listen to music, you don't have to be accepted. Like, I don't even know how many black people know who Hoodie Allen is. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what Mike I mean? Stud's still selling out tour dates. Still tour dates. Hey, yeah. catch me at University of Vermont. I'll be there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's packed. You know? So what do you think? Do you think it kind of helps or hurts? Uh, you know, I think it's hard to say. It it depends on the artist. depends on the audience they're going for. Right. Um, It definitely is something where you have to... It's something you have to get past, yeah. I feel like, especially if you want to make it to, like, the Mac Miller level, the GEZ level. Yeah. Um, where you're accepted, you're, like, accepted widely in the mainstream. Exactly. Then it's a whole different battle. But there are also, like, subsets of, like, white rappers. You got, like, conscious rappers. Like yeah. Like, Brother Ali and Aesop Rock. And, yeah, yeah. Um, atmosphere who are always going to have that and G Easy. I mean, he's yeah, conscious. He's so I'd conscious. say, you know what I mean. He, with his head. he had uh, F Donald Trump. That was one of his songs. Yeah. Like that was pretty woke. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but they have. I mean, that kind of music. It always has that audience of right. like older white dudes who like went to rock the bells. Yes, the yes. And, and speaking of G Easy, not mm -hmm. to cut you off, you guys are basically the same person. Um, besides like a, maybe pack, a, baby? a couple inches, you know, <laughs> and a couple millions, you know, you both grew up in the Bay okay, area. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're still, hey, you got time, Young. right? I mean, you both grew up in the Bay area, right? Mm -hmm. And then you both went to the same college and you're in the same program. Yeah. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Like where he was in his career by the time you got there and, and how much you enjoy his music. Yeah. All right. I'll preface it with, I, I do not like him or his music. Hey, I'm not a fan. Hey, G, if you're listening, I like your hey, music. If you're listening, G, 
dude. Um, he listens to this, right? Yeah, he does. Um, G, um, don't listen, dude. I don't mean it. Um, he was so okay. I say that, but I will say when I was in high school, and this goes for a lot of shit that right. I talk shit on now. Yeah. When I was in high school, I. I fucked with it. I listened right. to it like a good amount. That first mixtape he had, like when he was going with the whole like '50s greaser vibe. Dude, it was so dope. Was he was like, like he was like he was like a swagged out Fonzie. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's that like, was, hey, I'm like, gonna sample this. I went into then I went to Loyola New Orleans and studied music business there, and and he had just graduated from the same program, and he was like their golden goose, man. They were like. Oh yeah, Gerald went here. You know, we might have Gerald back for forum, <laughs> and they would just always talk about him. no matter what the, no matter what you were trying to do. He'd right. Be like, oh well, you should just take a look at what Gerald did, <laughs> and like no one wanted to be Geezy in right. this program. Everyone's going for different things, but they just right. like they just hit it over the head over and over. And it's so funny, like thinking about like him now, like when you see him, like you know, looking freaking coked out or like in music videos, it's like, yeah, you're now. in school and it's like, hey, you need to, hey, you need to use Gerald's paper to like get an A. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. He's like the model student. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he, he's definitely like carved out his space. I right. mean, he's a superstar now. Yeah. I don't know how it happened. I mean, you get I, I, the white girls on board. Right. You're, bound, you're usually you're pretty solid. And yeah. I knew, and it's kind of like, you know, these things and especially, and like when you go back to talking about getting both teams on your back, meaning races, right? Mm -hmm. Like the black team and the white team. He had that ability because he's from the Bay Area. You know, he, he has two, he's got two yeah. short, he's got E40, who are legends. Yeah. You know what I mean? So to have them kind of co-sign. And one thing I do. I, I like about him is that he did rep the bay like pretty hard yeah when he was coming out. still does and he yeah. still helps um you know the up-and-coming artists like I, I was watching that revolt TV mm -hmm. and I see him featured on a song with Saweetie or what you yeah, know what I mean he did a lot for uh I think he was doing a lot for for Neff like bringing yeah out Neff I think he's done a song with K uh well obviously Kaylani, yeah. but also Kamaya too you know what I mean so at least like he didn't like use the platform yeah. and then be like i'm off this so that is what's cool and he's also uh now we have like and we talk we'll talk a little bit more about disciples as well but you know me and eli talk a lot about disciples of frank ocean and uh, you know disciples of drake these are just people that we feel and bryson tiller people that we feel have kind of taken their swag and used it now you got the g easy disciples like Coming from the Bay, like Martine, right? And like, yeah, I mean, he's like, I don't know, Miles he's like Parrish. Miles Parrish. Like, all these guys are like, hey, we're from the Bay. We're Caucasian, yeah. and we we can do both. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, Miles Parrish, he took a note right out of G-Eazy's book. The Fool is from Dublin. I've never seen more <laughs> than 10 people in Dublin at one time. Yeah. His first music video had at least 15 black dudes in, like, a normal— There's like, a casting call. There's a, I, I'm like, are these people from Dublin? <laughs> like, this is not—like, people are going to be, be like, wow, Dublin is lit. It's yeah. like, it's really not, though. Like, yeah. this is not what Dublin looks like. And this is Dublin, California, not Dublin, Ireland, for people not yeah. from California. Like, very, I mean, Dublin, Ireland might be lit. deep-cut California reference. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. I mean, Cal uh, Dublin, Ireland might be lit. Who knows? But, um, yeah, so that is—yeah, that's, that's crazy stuff, man. And then you think about—because when we talked— Last time, we thought it was more like, you know, there's the kind of serious vibe, like, 
like like you said, like G Easy, like or they're like come kind of got that Eminem swag, like, like well respected. Yeah, like I'm coming for everything. You know, like that. And then there's like the um then there's like the frat rap. But one thing we left out, which kind of makes him unique, is like he's just unique in general. White, black, brown, yellow, purple. Is a little dicky. I mean, he yeah. basically is making fun of himself. He's a novelty rapper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which like, is that's. I mean, I don't really listen to his music that much. I'm not a huge fan, but as a fan of just comedy and novelty yeah. music, I was in a novelty rock band, Nov Rock band in, in college. Whatever. Shout, shout out Nov Rock. Check out Alan's cousin. Never heard of that. Um, but uh, wait, is Alan spelled like my name? No, nah, A L A N. Hey, get out. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but seriously. Um, <laughs> no, but it's. I mean, that's like his shit is funny. Yeah. Like that uh what was the the like 10 minute song? Like Pillow Talk or something? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. That shit is really funny. Right. And it's so weird that it's caught on the way it is. Like the fact yeah. that he's playing like hip hop festivals. And he's playing hip hop festivals and this is just a sidebar. When's the last time he dropped an album? Like yeah, people are no, still listening to like like he like he randomly dropped uh, Freaky Friday last year, mm-hmm. which exploded. I believe yeah. it was last year. Yeah. And nothing followed. Like mm-hmm. He just like does his own thing, yeah. which, again, kind of speaks to the status of the music industry. You can just do whatever the hell you want. You know, you don't have to follow. Like, remember back in the day when it was like three singles? You know what I mean? And then like the like or like one single drops, the album drops, and then, like, two more singles off the album. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that is long I mean, it gone. it still goes on. Uh, it's just, like, You don't have to do it, though. You don't have to, and especially in hip-hop, uh, releases are more so much more just, like, chaotic. Right. You're like, yeah. artists are just... And, I mean, look at Drake. The amount of singles he just dropped. Right. And those are some of his most popular songs. They're not yeah. even on an album. Yeah, I saw a whole thread based on, like, okay, name a Drake song. Name your favorite Drake song that wasn't on an album. And the thread was, like... 20 or 30 songs mm-hmm. deep because it's like, Girls that's crazy. You know, um, there's just too many. That's your favorite? Yeah. Girls Love Beyonce? I got to think about mine. I got, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's like, he's got, so he's always got like a time in like a city, like 4 a.m. in Toronto. Yeah, like, I'm just going to make a song. Series. I'm going to make a song like 3 a.m. in Concord. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I'm just here. 2 a.m. in Dublin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With Miles Parrish <laughs> and the 10 black dudes that he hired. <laughs> um, okay. All right, so let's, speaking of kind of how you don't have to follow any rules anymore, it's a good thing and bad thing, right? I kind of want to get your take on it because, like I said, it's a Saturday. I'm in between watching football. I don't feel like watching Food Network anymore. And I make my way over to that Revolt station, which just shows music videos all day long. And I turn on this, like, and then, like, majority of the time, it's some stuff that is, like, awful. You know what I mean? I'm talking awful. Yeah. And and the production is dope. You know, um, the beats usually slap. But these guys are, like, just kind of, like, I, I know everyone talks about mumble rap, but it's like, dude, I honestly don't understand what you're saying. Yeah. You know? So, and the fact that they're making it, because I guess that's what's hot right now, do you think just... I guess it's a two-part question. Do you think the fact that kind of the bar has been lowered in a bit or just changed in a bit is good or bad for the music industry? And, you know, are you a fan of it? I think if you're talking for the music industry, money-wise, it's good. Right. There's, like, a lot more money. Mm Mm-hmm. 
going on right now than there has been in the past 15 years or so. Right. Um, culturally, I think it, it sucks. Yeah. I mean, trends are trends. They always, like, this is just another trend. Yeah. It'll pass, yeah. I hope. Um, granted, there is some, some of this mumble rap and internet rap that I do enjoy. Um, oh, do tell. Oh, let me. <laughs> Juice World. Next big thing. So Juice World, for for anybody who doesn't know, Juice World to me is kind of like not a disciple of, but because they're all kind of from Little like Wayne. Little Uzi. Oh, yeah, but okay, yeah, like Little Wayne kind of started to like whining, but yeah. he would do it sometimes, and then he'd go mm-hmm. back to rap. Now they just do it all the time. You know, like he's like Little Uzi, like I don't mean game man. You doing like just talking about depression for a long time. Too. Yeah, and yeah. That's like, like a, I that's feel like, like it's dying. On wave now. Y- Right, it's like people just ran with, yeah, Yeah. we never really thought, like, that's a swag, like, yo, I'm hella depressed, like, that's my swag right now. And it's hard, like, it's almost like a chicken and the egg thing where it's like, are all these kids depressed because they're listening to this music, or are all these kids listening to this music because they're depressed? Yeah. It's like a weird, weird, uh subject matter to center hip-hop around right now i mean it is and then it just kind of speaks to like the drugs you know it's like i can barely talk like that i'm that's dope and then like somebody like a little peep passes away and it's like dude this is not a game Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like people do it for the clout or whatever but like uh your body doesn't care about clout if you od you od (laughs) like you know what i mean so i mean it's it's definitely it's definitely wild man but it is interesting. I guess my whole thing that we talked about before is one of our famous conversations was that I didn't really ever get the Migos thing, right? Like mm-hmm. when Childish Gambino came out, I don't know, was it at the Grammys? I think it was, when, I think it was after he won an Emmy. Yeah, and then he's like the Beatles of our generation talking yeah. about the Migos. I'm like, bruh, for how much I respect you, what the hell are you talking yeah. about? You know what I mean? And I remember speaking with you and it was just about, I, I don't get it. Like, I and and it's like what culture are they talking about and you know you so eloquently put it that look whether you like it or not it is what it is but when we talk about disciples there's a million disciples out there right now rapping like migos triplet flow you know talks about it it's 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 its own thing now yeah and i mean i like migos i'm not crazy about them but when someone's changing like the culture that way right whether you like it or not, that's impact. Right, that's you got to like, respect it. And I've seen them in a show before. My issue with the Migos is I just don't need a whole album. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, Especially a, like a 27 song. It's like, dude, they all sound the same to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I hate to be that older guy, like, get off my lawn, but they just do, you know? Um, but yeah, man. Okay, so talking about the Disciples and things like that, you are a huge Frank Ocean guy, right? Stan, yeah. You are. You are. You're proud of it, Mm -hmm. and I love it. I am a Drake stan, and I'm proud of it. Um, I had to put you on Tory Lanez, right, who people – he's starting to get a little bit of clout now that he beat um, Joyner Lucas in the rap battle. I've been on Tory. defeated him. Yeah, he defeated him. According to some people, (laughs) I guess it wasn't unanimous, but I've been on him. But, okay, a lot of people could say that there is no Tory without – Drake and probably would be correct. You know what I mean? I don't know. Um, so as far as Frank Ocean and Drake, yeah, I know this is tough for you. Who do you think has been like more impactful? Like you've said some wild stuff. Like Frank is like the voice of our generation. Like some Stand wild. By. Stand by you, 
I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion, you I know. Mean, granted, I'm super biased, um, and I love Drake too. I don't. I'm right. not hating on Drake, although it's easy and fun too. Right. Um, he makes it easy. Yeah. I mean, I want to say Frank Ocean because I think his music is more impactful. It's more like emotional and poignant a lot of the times, and I think it it impacts a lot more. Maybe like culturally significant people. I think right. his, his influence reaches more artists. Now, are you Drake talking? Does. Are you talking about the fact that like about his how open he is about his sexuality, like in his music? Yeah, I think, versus I mean, like Drake him, when he came out or whatever that was that open letter right. where it was kind of ambiguous. Like he was, he sings R and B, but he was definitely part of the hip hop world. He was part of Odd Future, right? Well, he raps, he was, yeah, right. Like um, he like talk raps, like that was huge for right. for hip hop, yeah. Um, and he's just like he's gotten to the point where people don't really even talk about it because mm-hmm. um, his art just speaks for itself, right? Um, now you got like Jaden Smith, like saying like Tyler the Creator's my boyfriend, yeah. And no, like regardless of whether, however you want to take that, whatever the case may be. Before Frank, you could argue people weren't just doing stuff like that. Yeah. You know? Um, but, you know, you can't deny the impact that Drake has had on the culture yeah. at large. Like, he's, like, my mom knows who Drake is. That's, I mean, that's like a telltale sign. Yes. When your white mom knows yes. who the rapper is and you know? can pick him out off the radio, that says something. That definitely, that definitely says a lot. That, that says you're making a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> Because they're buying, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, yeah. I don't know if that's, you know, that that doesn't mean it's influence. Yeah. But I do, you know, you look at modern R&B and hip-hop. Right. And, like, so many artists are taking from that book. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you could always go back further. Yeah. You could go back to, like, to, you could go back to T-Pain. Like, yeah. You could talk about T-Pain in that conversation. Yeah, you talk about Nelly. I mean, yeah. technically, Nelly rapped and sang. Yeah. Like, what was that? And, like, I mean... Hot in here. Was he rapping or singing? I don't know. Yeah. I still don't know. It's a completely different type of singing rapping, but you, I mean, Nate Dogg was, was doing yeah. that. I mean, it's totally on its own playing field. But, right. Uh, but yeah, I would say Drake, I mean, Drake's like a meme. Right. Every like few months, there's a new it's Drake It's like a monthly meme. Drake meme. Yeah. I, there's, there's probably like a group on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, like definitely. we're the monthly Drake memes. We make them. But I also, one thing I, I can't stand about Drake is like... When you look at, I mean, there's a lot of problems with like masculinity and, right. misog- and misogyny and, and hip hop. Yeah. Most rappers, though, that are misogynistic, they're misogynistic in the way that like a, a construction worker is. Right. Like a, 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 you know, typical like cat calling. Yeah, yeah. I see that girl. Yeah. Say, come here. It, Let me touch your booty. Yeah. It's right yeah, there. You yeah, see it. Yeah. It's not, no one's hiding it. Right. With Drake, he's like, sociopathic in his misogyny. This is the the biggest... Yeah, I've heard this a lot. He's the guy who's just trying to make the... Like, this independent woman need... Like, there's a line from a Drake song. I forget what what song it is, but it's like, why do I need an independent woman to feel like she needs me? That's like... That sums up all of his music for me. Yeah. It's, it's, It's a lot of... You know, I miss you, but I don't need you. But now you need me because I miss you yeah, at one time. It's, it's mind games. Yes, it's he's, mind games. Yeah, you know, he's a sociopath. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, and it works. Right? And why is he always telling? And I think I mentioned this to you before. Why is he always making these girls uh, leave their job for him? Like Aubrey, these girls got to work. He's always like, "Hey, just come over. I'll pay. I'll pay for your. 
I'll call your I'll call your job myself because he's cashed out. Yeah, but then they lose like, their yeah. job and now he's yeah. done with them and they and still don't have a job. Yeah, now? we're part two. Yeah, gosh, it's like in a movie, like in like a sex scene in a movie. They never show like the awkward part where you like putting back on the clothes. Yeah. Like it's like, dude, they got to go back to work, homie. Drake smashes and then she's like, "What are we gonna do all day?" I, I, I called out sick. Yeah. He's like, I got a plane, got a plane for you to go home. You know, like, man. Well, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it is good that, you know, everybody has an opportunity. And if you there's a a niche. Yeah. If there's a niche for you, whether people get it or not, some people do get it. I think the difference between Frank and Drake is that Frank. I feel definitely affected the culture of hip hop. I feel like Drake affects the music. Like Drake makes a hot reg- like dance hall song. People are making whole dance hall albums. Like Tyga put out like a whole singing album. It was awful. Yeah. Like nobody even knew that. You I, know what I, I mean? Like I was just like in a Spotify black hole and I'm like, what the hell is this? I sent it to my buddy immediately who is a Tyga guy or like was like kind of before the Kylie Jenner stuff. And he was like, dude, I didn't even know like what this was, you know? Yeah, I, it also goes back to Drake just being like a culture vulture. And he gets that he it gets is. shit like that a lot. But I don't think it's any different. I think that he he gets called out on it because stuff blows up because he's Drake. If yeah. like somebody, like we talk about like a, you know, like if Kid Ink bit freaking Drake, nobody yeah. cares. Because <laughs> nobody cares about what he's but doing. But it's also a lot of the times, and I think he he. I feel like he's more careful about it now because right. he gets called out on it so yeah. often. He wasn't given any respect to like where he was grabbing all That's true. Things. That's true. And that's the, that's the problem. Yeah. I mean, and even so, I, I remember, I don't know if I don't remember, but I remember Drake like at the beginning just talking normally. And then like three years ago, he started talking with an accent. I'm like. Yeah, the whole Jamaican thing. Yeah. He's yeah. like, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then when he was on, I think he still had it during the, uh, he was on like LeBron's show, The Shop on HBO. He's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's family. You know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> like, what just happened? You know? Uh, and I know like Toronto, Canada has like the connections to Jamaica, but it's like, yeah, that's not the issue here. Like yeah, that. that's yeah. not the issue here. You didn't talk like that. Yeah. Um. All right. Wanted to go over music festivals with you because I have questions. You know, I'm 28 now. Um, I like going to music festivals. I, 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 you know, I like going to music festivals. Sometimes three days do, does get a little long for me. Yeah. You know, it's just, and then it's, it, they're expensive, obviously. What is your feeling on music festivals? What do, you know what I mean? When, when do I have to stop going, basically? Because in my never mind, I'm thinking partying, 30. Just, just I mean, I'm never going to stop partying, but like, I feel, you, you know, some festivals are different than others. Like, Coachella is a weird one. And we talked about this before. We talked about this before about how, like, I just want to be famous so I can act like a kid yeah. forever or mm-hmm. act like an adolescent forever. Like, you know, when you look up some of the ages on these artists, you know, they're not young, you know, and they're still talking about, like, I'm at the club popping bottles. And it's like, dude, if you were if you were normal and you were 35, people would be like, yo, get this old dude yeah. up out the club. You know what I mean? But because they're famous, you know, they like were. Right How old is that dude? How old's T.I.? Yeah. T.I. is old, man. Like, sure, Black Don't Crack, he looks young, but he's yeah. old, you know? And at the same time, like, we kind of talk about they have to live that lifestyle and talk about it. Because am I buying an album when they're talking about, like, I took my kid to school, they got good grades. I T- might. Parent teacher conference, right. A A A. Flo Rida? 
well, first of all, first of all, Flow Rider might be the most weirdly slept on what are you artist ever because he's getting that bag. Like the Black Pitbull. Pretty much, yes, yes, that is perfect. You know, but it's like, we gotta have a whole nother like segment for Flow Rider just by itself. Like, also, yeah, I bombed to go, but I made no way. How long did it take you to realize that Flow Rider was Florida? Not long. Okay, because he had a I've, big, I didn't. He had a big Florida until, like, tattoo on his back. Didn't realize that until like 2012. It took me so long. All right, guys, that's gonna wrap it up for the segment. <laughs> <laughs> but. Okay, the music festivals. Like, what do you think being 24? Because I think, I don't know, man. I feel like the whole vibe, you know, when they're coming out saying, this is our 20th anniversary. Like, when I was in college, I don't remember, like, I graduated in 2013. I do not remember people, like, on spring break or whenever saying, like, yo, we're hitting this music festival. Do you want to go? Did I completely miss it? Like, none of my friends, I don't remember any of my friends. I kind of remember my friends that they went to LMU. I remember them going to Coachella. Okay. Like later in college, but like these, what year you think? Like probably like 2011, 2012. Okay, you know, but like the newer one, like this explosion, like Lollapalooza. Never really heard of it, you okay. know. Um, what's the one in? Well, uh, Lollapalooza, so Lollapalooza is a weird one because that started in the '90s as a traveling festival, like, right? Like the way Vans Warped Tour is. Yeah, yeah. And it was huge. It was got it. It was huge in the '90s. Um, so. Thanks, Fonseca. Hey, shout out Fonseca. Hey, shout out Fonseca. I already um, told this man Eli to get closer to the mic, but he don't listen. You know what I mean? Right, Fonseca. First podcast. Producer had to take it into his own hands. You know, shout out. Um, no, but so yeah, it, it was huge in the in the nineties, right? And then it was huge in the two thousands. Like right. they've all they've obviously always been there. Um, I feel like back in the day, uh, like in the early to mid 2000s it was more music lovers mm-hmm. who would go and these lineups like if you look at Coachella's lineups from the early 2000s right. they're a lot closer to like Pitchfork Fest's Got it. lineup yeah. where it's like critically acclaimed artists and like reunions of bands from like the 90s and mm-hmm. stuff shit that you wouldn't see right. at like Coachella or Outside Lands these days I mean when I I first first festival I went to was Outside Lands the first year because Jack Johnson was playing, and that was my guy. Hey, back what then. was it, Banana Pancakes or something? Uh, that was on, yeah, that was on yeah. his third album, I think. Yeah. Um, I was a big, big Jack Johnson guy. I could see that. You look like a big yeah, Jack Johnson no, no. guy. Yeah, no, my three J's. For, I know you guys can't see him, or, but if you follow him on Instagram, you will. But just know, if you look at him, he I looks like he likes Jack, Jack. Johnson. Yeah, he just exudes Jack Johnson. My three J's in high school, Trinity of J, Jack, Jack Johnson, John Mayer, Jason Mraz. Jason Mraz, yo, I thought he had a chance, and then he just freaking <laughs> disappeared. I think he dropped an album like a year ago. I, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, but it's I like, yo, your that. time has passed. I yeah. mean, I was a big Gavin DeGraw guy, you know. Um, <laughs> oh, Jerry. You, yo, he you know? slaps, man. Yo, he really did. I mean, we talk about the lost voice of our generation. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's a, I think there's a show like this. I can't remember the name because I think it's on, like, TV One or some, like, Bootsy channel. But it's yeah. basically about... Um, and we're completely off topic now, but it's basically about, you know, like artists that never made it. And I think TV one is like owned by Oprah or BT cause it's always like black people. I've never heard. Exactly. Of TV exactly. 
we need like a version of that, like on VH1 or something. Yeah. Get like and just be like Gavin, what the hell happened? Like Kobe Calais, Kobe Calais, yeah. right? Like a couple, Corinne like Bailey a Ray. couple years ago, you know, sidebar. Like I love to gamble. I go to this place, Thunder Valley, um, that's near Sacramento, and I get the emails because I'm a member, and I see Gavin McGraw will be playing at Thunder <laughs> Valley. I'm like, and I came back, Gavin, Gavin, and I wanted to go. Yeah. You know, that I mean, that whole. That is my shit right there. Like lost two thousands, like yeah. soft rock and pop artists. I yes. could go deep on that. You know, I was a big Alice ninety seven guy. Okay, in the early 2000s. yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, but back to the music festival. You want to talk Michelle Branch a little more? I I don't really. You know, um. So do you think this is a fad? Do you think? You know, this is going to flame out? Or do you think, and like you said, they've been for so long, but I yeah. think like right now, like the fact that they're random ones popping up, like the ones in like LA that like, you know, are like random two day festivals or like blurry vision, like stuff yeah. like that. Like they don't even People come are back. always going to want to go to them. I don't right. know if, if this like volume of right. festivals will last forever. Yeah. But I mean, they've been going on for 20 plus years. I, I don't think they're going to go away. Yeah. Um, especially now, I mean, you look at Coachella and not to like sound, you know, as like this jaded old fart, but it's not about the music anymore at all. It's, yeah. a, it's a scene. People are. It's about the gram, it's man. It's about the gram. You know, um, I mean, what pisses you off more than like spending two, three hundred dollars for a trip and you only get 40 likes on the gram? Yeah, I mean, waste of a trip. I'm like, what? What was the point? Those memories will fade. That gram is there forever. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> when when it's the end of 2019 and you get your montage right, and they count up your likes and your likes ain't where they need. To. It's like if my likes don't beat the money I spent, I'm pissed. Like that was a waste of a trip. I don't care about memories. You know, yeah. I want people to know I'm lit. Respect. You know. Respect. And that was pretending to be 21 with Alan. <laughs> <laughs> So last thing, I have a new segment this year, and I didn't mm -hmm. tell you about this before, but I'm telling you now. Okay. Um, I know I told you we were only going to talk about music, but the other thing is you're also single, right? Yes, I am. Ladies yes. out there, hey, hey, what's up? Loves Jack Johnson, loves John Mayer, Love and him. loves Jason Mraz. Single, ladies and gentlemen, single. You know it. Eli and Aya. So a new segment I want to start. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Hey, LinkedIn, shout out, you know, DM all day. Um, a new segment I wanted to start is called a little something called the Tinder Tales, right? Okay. And basically the, the premise of it is it doesn't have to be from Tinder, but I want people calling in or, you know, stopping by with crazy stories from basically their dates. And you, my friend, surprise, surprise, are the first person to premiere this new segment. Do you have anything, any crazy stories that you can be to be the first member of the Tinder Tales? I'm not the best person to start this bit off, but I do have one. I don't I don't go, I don't use that too much. I mean, I'm out here swiping. Hey, no swiping one does. Furiously. Wink, wink. Oh, yeah. just You got to swipe all I'm day. Just, yeah. But, you know. <laughs> Not getting any matches. Yeah, I, yeah. You actually turn off the setting to swipe left. Yeah. You can only swipe right. Um, but I do have one that uh, that happened about a, a little over a year ago. Um, it was the same day. Remember when it was? Because it was the same day my sister got engaged. So my sister got engaged, and I got on a Bumble date. So that was. Hey man. Parallels. Hey, um, you know, different walks. Of, different walks of yeah. life. 
So I I met up with her at this uh, bar on Divisadero. It's this little dive bar, little nice. Ethiopian dive yeah. bar. Um, really didn't think I'd see anyone. Okay. Um, so we're in there. We're talking. It's going fine. It's you know it's good conversation. And then all of a sudden I hear Eli, and I turn around and it's my sister who just got <laughs> engaged, and I uh, immediately am. This is, you know, the worst situation. Um, I keep my shit on lock. I don't talk to my family about, about right. my romantic Respect life that. All. Yeah. So they see me on a date. First time they've ever seen me romantically involved with anyone. Um, and so I'm, you know, I, I'm, I say, hey, I say congrats. Mm-hmm. Uh, her and her fiance are there. And, um, and then all of a sudden her friend walks in. My sister's friend walks right. in. Uh, another friend walks in. Okay. And then my other sister walks in. <laughs> And I find out that way that they had a little engagement party wow. that they didn't invite me to. <laughs> and I'm just there with this Bumble date. And she meets my whole family. And uh, I don't think I saw her again. So what were you <laughs> So what were you more upset about? The fact that... The engagement party. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm like, was it a small restaurant? Because if I'm your sister, I'm ducking, right? Like, yeah. I'm like... I mean, I guess she knew more people are coming, so we're kind of screwed. And first mm-hmm. of all, shout out to your whole family. If I saw that many people in a, a white people in an Ethiopian bar, I'd be like, you know what? Progress, progress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was cold. It was cold blooded. Dang man, we haven't spoken since. Yo, hey, <laughs> hey, twenty nineteen. You gotta, you gotta, you know, fix that bridge, man. Mend that no, bridge. No, I'm very close to my sister. Shout out Natalie, Julia, respect. And what happened with the date? Uh, we left and, um, <laughs> we left. Yeah. <laughs> Tinder. And, uh, and, went, and then went our separate ways. Cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> it's not word of advice. Don't introduce a Tinder date to your family on the first date. You know, I, you know, I haven't used Tinder yeah. in a very long time. But I probably would have got that one, cool. you know. Just you know, just reiterating. But sometimes, you know, sometimes people got to know. People yeah. got to know, you know. <laughs> I'm well, serious about this. Yeah, no, you know. And again, hey, anybody Tinder profile, Bumble profile? Well, he doesn't do Tinder, like nobody does. Wink, wink. Bumble profile, <laughs> you know. Holla at your boy, uh, Eli Anaya. You like music, he like music. You got ears, he got ears. You know what I mean? Make it pop. Look, man, great stuff. Thank you for stopping by as always why don't you give the good people that are listening your social media speaking of all that Graham stuff and you know some details on your next show coming up again thank you for joining the floor is yours all right rock and roll man you can follow me at at throwing bows sf throwing b-o-s sf you can stay tuned on all the latest show updates so come out and check it, man. Nice, man. Again, thank you. Always a pleasure Thanks uh, for having me. speaking with you. I will see you at lunch. Be sure to slack me when you see them setting up because, uh, you know, we be rushing out here. Um, and again, thank you for uh, checking in with me, man. Have a good one. Anytime, man. I feel like everybody has talked about it already, but there's no way I cannot talk about the fact that Clemson went to the White House and ate fast food. And, you know, it's very interesting. You wonder who pays people because the spin, everybody, a lot of people said it was disrespectful to Clemson, right? Then you go on Bleach Report and it's going to seem like I'm, 
you know, just destroying Bleacher Report today. I'm really not. It's just this is what happened. Bleacher Report spins it. It's all about spin, right? And there, this is sporting news, and it's Clemson, they, you know, national football champion. And they spin it as the White House treats Clemson to the biggest cheat day. So it's all positive, like they did it on purpose. So that made me, you know, do that, hmm, look at Bleacher Report, like, who paying you, bruh? <laughs> like, we all know that's not how this went down and why it went down, or like the idea. That's not even how, how Trump said it. You know, he was like great American food, blah, 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 blah. And not to mention the government is shut down. So it was never like, yeah, I want to give him a cheat day. And the fact that Bleach Report spun it like that was very interesting. So everybody has already talked about that. And, you know, they're eating Big Macs and Quarter Pounders, things like that. I want to talk about a tweet I saw. So I saw a tweet basically from some random random user. And it had a picture of... uh, a guy on the team, like, you know, big, looked like a lineman pretty much. And he had two Big Macs on his plate. And the caption was, all I got, you know, um, won a national championship. And all I got was two Big Macs and a side of CTE. And the tweet kind of blew up. It had like 14,000 tweets, right? And people were like, dang, that's real talk, blah, 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 blah. So the dude who was in the picture quote tweeted that tweet with a new caption and said something to the effect of I got a stipend, a scholarship, a coach that cares about me, and a national championship. Good night, Twitter. So everybody's just like, good for you, man. Good for you. And he got like 80,000 retweets. It blew up way more than the original tweet. And you know what? If that's how he feels, that's fine. But that's just a dangerous take. It's a dangerous take in general. You know, um, it it paints a very interesting picture for people that aren't in the know. And I've been on record, you know, playing baseball at kind of a mid-major school. For him to say that, old me would say, you know what? He's right. You know, I got 55% to Temple and I'm still, I still have plenty of student loans, you know? Um, So the fact that he's recognizing, Hey, I got a free education, you know, um, they basically essentially give us money for food. If that's how he feels, that's all well and good. And I don't think he was saying, he never said, Hey, I'm speaking for any, for everyone, but it's just dangerous, man, because It makes people think that it's okay what the NCAA is doing, and it's not. Maybe for him it is. Maybe he's never needed any money besides what they've given him. But he's not the only one, you know? So people will take that and use it like, look, this kid right here, you know, he doesn't— he doesn't need anything else. He gets it. It's a free education. But it goes so much deeper than that. What about the guys who—that's not enough. You know, what about the guys who, not to mention, there's stories about people, athletes getting ushered into these terrible, you know, very basic majors so they can focus on sports. All that gets swept under the rug with a tweet like that. And I know he meant nothing by it. And I respect him for being able to say how he feels. 
But let's not take that and use it, and which people will do, to dismiss all the other issues with the fact that even if you added up your stipend and your scholarship of basically every basketball and football player in the NCAA, it still would pale in comparison to the amount of money the NCAA is making. And for you, my friend, that might not matter, right? For you, the stipend and the scholarship and the championship might be enough. But for some guys and for some women, that's not enough. So I thought that was really interesting because I see both sides of it. I think, you know, with my past experience, I can understand both. And Twitter is a very you are on this side or this side type of place. Um, and I understand what he meant. And again, look, this guy, he has every right to do it. Somebody just took his picture and essentially put words in his mouth. So I respect him for doing it. But do I agree with what he's saying? Not completely, you know? So that was my biggest takeaway from the whole fast food pizza thing. It was, you know, you know, the White House wanted to do it. Whatever they can, you know, Bleach Report can spin it however it was. Everybody knows when you go to the White House, you expect the best, and that's going to be their memory. Um, and the White House is going to have to live with that. And if people can spin it in a way that sounds cool, like, oh, they're 18, 24, that's probably what they want. That's not the point. That is, they probably didn't mind it, but when you're sitting with your parents and you talk about, wow, you get a chance to go to the White House and you get Fast food? I don't care how you spin it. It's a bad look, man. It's a bad look. So I had to get into that. Now, I want to talk about my trip. Uh, you know, I am very frugal. I like to save money. That's my thing. Uh, so when the producer of my show, Aaron Fonseca, shout out Fonseca Show, uh, your nerd side, subscribe today, said he gets free tickets for the San Jose Barracudas, which is the minor league team for the San Jose Sharks, um, I said, sure, you know, I'll definitely go. Now, what's funny is tickets are really, you know, general admission really only 10 bucks, but hey, free is free. That's 10 bucks I didn't have to spend. So, you know, we take the trip. It's in San Jose. have to get on BART, get a lift. That was the most expensive part. Um, but it was a great time, man. If you are fiending for a sporting event but don't really want to spend that crazy money you know especially for something like hockey where i know hockey i've played hockey but i don't follow hockey um and the thing is your your seats are so close i mean that was pretty much a sharks game for me honestly you know we sat really close everybody knows i love hockey live it's a great time so if anybody and you could tell that it was an outlet for parents to take their kids. There was a lot of Harlem Globetrotters commercials because I think they do it at the same place because they play, the Barracudas play the same place where the Sharks play. So it was a great time. Uh, they serve hard alcohol for all the parents out there or, you know, people my age that are trying to get hammered. They serve hard alcohol. And, you know, it, it definitely fills a void for when you don't feel like dropping 100 bucks on a ticket, 200 bucks on a ticket, and things like that. And I think, like I said, hockey is a little bit different, um, at least for me, because I don't follow it as closely, different than I feel like going to a Santa Cruz Warriors game. Because I've, I mean, I'll go, but I've watched it on TV before, and I'm like, dude, this honestly, like, I'd rather, like, people, like, get really annoyed with college basketball, like pass, 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 and huck up a three. I'd rather watch high-end college basketball than G League any day. And 
that's just fact. But shout out to Fonseca. Thank you again for the tickets. Um, yeah, if you haven't been, go. Or if you have a minor league team, I would say baseball is probably pretty similar. You know what I mean? Everyone's throwing pretty hard. Um, and, you know, everybody, they got ballers everywhere. So shout out to all the minor league situations out there uh, being a cheap outlet for people to go and have damn near as good a time as the major leagues. All righty. So lastly, to wrap up the show today, I got to talk about something that's really grinding my gears, man. <sighs> it's been raining. You know, you know the song? It never rains in California. Yeah, that's Southern California. It rains kind of often. Not often, but it does rain in Northern California. And we've been having one of those spells. And, I, you know, I hate the rain. I hate the rain. And every time I say that, I don't know, 90s babies will probably remember this. Do you guys remember that Hey Arnold uh, episode when the mailman like has that whole song? Like I feel like I say that in my head like, I hate the snow. I hate the snow. I hate the rain and I hate the snow. Like that's what I hear in my head when I'm walking to work in the rain every single day. Um, but you know, what comes what, with rain is delays, right? The trains don't know how to run in the rain. I don't know why, you know, or like a, a tree falls over, something like that. What also comes with the rain is the band of my existence, umbrellas. I hate umbrellas, man. It's a weird thing to hate, I know, but I freaking hate them. I don't use them. I have a water-resistant raincoat, a really thick, you know, full-on weather-resistant raincoat, really, because my mom got it for me when uh, I went to Philly for college. And I just think that umbrellas are pointless, and I'm going to tell you why. Rain jackets keep you dry without annoying the hell out of other people. Get yourself a nice water-resistant, weather-resistant jacket, and you're solid. 70% of the time I see an umbrella, it's inverted, and the person looks like an idiot trying to fix it. Then you want to raise your umbrella above when you walk by me like you're the same height as LeBron James. Bruh, I'm taller than you. Only by an inch, but who's counting? I take that as disrespect. Then you need to shake off the umbrella. Geniuses like to do it inside. Right on the floor, and now it's wet. Now it's a hazard. I just sprained my back. Thank you. You'll be hearing from my lawyers. So enough with umbrellas. You're not royalty. Unless I see Black Panther walking around, or Meghan Markle, just wear a damn jacket. Please.